nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good evening and welcome to a new edition of uh, SA Soccer Roundtable. Uh, my name is Harry. I'll be your host uh, for the evening. Uh, joining me tonight is uh, Royce. How are you feeling? I know uh, last week you were feeling a little bit under the weather. Hopefully you and the family are doing much better. Yeah, they're doing a lot better. I'm uh, I'm getting there. <clears throat> Still getting there. Still getting there. This uh, You this seem to be like cool, SAFC. Uh, you'll get healthy and then, you know, and shut then, up. You know, shut you'll up. come I, right back. I here. mean, it's the same thing with the St. Louis Cardinals. Don't tell me I'm cursed. I'm probably cursed. <laughs> I mean, let's just... Let's be real and, about it. That's and then it. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know where he is on the screen, but uh, who is the new guy that we have on, on, on the set here? Uh, do you want to introduce yourself here? I'm, I'm not sure I can recognize who you are. We're freshly shaven. Tell you the Rafa. Rafa, you look great. Uh, uh, You've lost as, like 20 pounds and with <laughs> hair and like. As Matt Gomez says, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Uh, uh, hopefully everybody's doing well. Uh, last week, I think we had uh, you know uh, a pretty good result last Wednesday. Uh, this weekend, uh, Friday nights wasn't such a great result with the Athenians, uh, which we'll get into here. And then you know we'll preview uh, SAFC going. They got two matches this week. Uh, one against uh, El Paso uh, Loco Locos and uh, Yuma. Uh, my uh, my uh, Devin Sandoval uh, love affair player that uh, I don't like uh, is coming to town with his uh, theatrics, just like uh, Devin Sandoval. And then we travel to Austin Bold, um, and there are uh, hundreds of fans uh, for that here. So a lot to get to. Uh, starting out with the Athenians, uh, they did lose 4-0 to Santa Clarita uh, Blue Heat, uh, and Santa Clarita did end up winning the title 5-0 over uh, Connecticut Fusion. It was just, it was, you know, like the Blue Heat were just special. There's there's no way to yep. separate it. You know, Alyssa Thompson, the Gatorade High School uh, National Player of the Year, uh, Stanford co uh, commitments, just there's not a whole lot you can say. It's just they were in a completely different class. Um, I thought the Athenians put on a great show. They were down 3-0 at half and only gave up one in the second half. And um, it was late. And, and, you know, the Athenians made some great changes, got a little bit more aggressive. They didn't set back, um, put a little bit more pressure on them. But the talent that the Blue Heat was, you know, just you have to give them heads up. They, they were just night, you know, night and day better than, than the other three teams there. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to go up on Friday. Um, I watched the Connecticut Fusion and the Midwest United match, uh, which uh, also which ended one or 2-0 um, with Connecticut Fusion winning. 
Um, and it was a pretty even match. Um, and, you know, when looking at it, I was like, hey, the Athenians can match up pretty well against either one of these teams while they were playing, you know, talent-wise and, and along those lines. But uh, the Blue Heat, like I said here, to me, they were just special. And like I said here, there's several of those players that, you know, a different if, species, yeah. That if team they stepped up on species. NWSL team tomorrow, it wouldn't shock me. Um, yeah, for that here. Um, Alyssa Thompson's 14, uh, by the way, and I know was it Olivia Moultrie, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced your your name there. Um, who's uh, trying to break the barrier of uh, youngest player to be able to sign by NWSL? Um, if Alyssa wanted to go pro tomorrow, um, you know, for Dash fans. That would be a player that you'd want to get. <laughs> yep. Uh, Rafa, uh, you know, Royce, any thoughts on the uh, UWS National Championship uh, with the Athenians and, and just, you know, any, any final thoughts on the Athenians uh, before uh, we head to uh, San Antonio FC and talk about uh, their upcoming week? Uh, I can just say that um, for the Athenians part, just a great season for them. You know, they weren't expected to go this far. You know, and to make this to the state, when I state the national semifinals, you know, it's 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 a really good accomplishment. You know, you did, you know they lost to one to the team that won the national championship. So, so no no, there's no, nothing bad to say about what they did, and hopefully they can build upon that for the following season, and 2022. So I think I think they're in a good spot, and hopefully that'll attract you know some more. You know, more high caliber players to say, Hey, you can maybe be take be part of the Athenians and get them over the hump and win that national championship. So, so congrats to them. And then, you know, great weekend for the UWS. Like I said, the team from California just, just was awesome. You know, hearing stats, I had one, one of the players had like 141 goals in high school. Mm -hmm. you know, that's ridiculous, but Hey, that's, dumb. that's, that's, like I said, that's just the talent that we have here. And, here, here in the U.S. and like I said, you may you may see that player playing with the U.S. national team pretty soon. And what's crazy, they only bought, brought five uh, bench players, so it's not like they cycled a lot of people through. What what they had is what they had, and um, you yeah. know Spurs and Chill put you know great goalie too. Yeah, that's the starting goalie for the University of Michigan. So you know that they had mm -hmm. on their team. Um, so it was a stacked team. You know, there, there's no question and. I would love to see where, you know, the Athenians get in that position, you know, because this is the, what, they won it in 2016, or, or yeah, I think it was 2016, 27 that they won it. The following year, they finished runner-up, and then they won it again this year. I, you know, I'd love to see the Athenians become kind of that powerhouse here in Texas, you know, along those lines where uh, they had it. The other interesting fact that they did ha mention here in, in kind of their state of meetings is, UWS is looking to go pro, uh, professional um, D2 uh, with that here. So that might be something to keep in mind. I know FC Austin, you know, is looking to go professional. Um, it'd be interesting to, see, uh, to kind of see what direction the Athenians uh, would go if that, if that was an opportunity uh, for them here. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, just to finish it up on my, from my point of view, um, it was a great season. It was very entertaining. Um, I mean, congrats to the Athenians players and the staff. They won the state of Texas. Um, that was huge. I mean, I think that was – that's definitely worth repeating again because, I mean, they had that one game that they – I mean, they, they got kind of played off the field. Um, 
uh, in Dallas, and then they came back and they, you know, they beat that team in the playoffs. That's huge. That's a huge result for them. Um, and obviously, they came up against another species um, of team um, in that California team. And I will say that um, an advantage that that team had is there's no other, uh, there is no NWSL team in California. The nearest one is Utah, possibly Portland. Mm. Uh, so if those kids are from California, they're going to stay in California and play. They're going to play for that team, especially since the NWSL has that 18 uh, and over rule um, that I know they're trying to battle in court. But still, That changes I mean, next week, though, with correct, uh, correct. Angel City coming on. Cor- yeah, exactly, which is going to be difficult for uh, for that club to continue with uh, the players that they have because the NWSL, they're going to go to the 18 rule, and also they're going to you know have those, those local – uh, teams but at the same time a very good result uh this was the first season uh with uh juventus and uh and the athenians uh having that partnership a very successful season can't wait till next season keep your keep your head up high girls that was that was great it was very entertaining and it was exciting uh just came up you know one game short but it was still a very successful season and can't wait till next season yeah, my final thoughts on it. Thank you to Ryan, uh, who runs the Athenians. Uh, um, social media, uh, always been so great with us, especially, you know, having Ashley and Ashley um, on last week was very appreciative uh, of that here. So thank you. Um, also want to give a shout out to FC Austin and Danny for a great job hosting up in the Round Rock. Uh, shout out to uh, Jonathan and happy birthday to you, a uh, host of the USL Weekly. And Wizard Broadcasting, they did the you know for those that watched it uh, on uh, Eleven Sports, formerly Mayakuju, uh, they are the ones that did the broadcasting behind the scenes. And why that is important is they're actually San Antonio based. They do a lot of the runners games, so um, the SA runners uh, do a great job of putting on a production, and and that's who does it here. So um outstanding job by wizard broadcasting from everything that i've seen you know the the reviews um like from protagonist soccer um you know saying you know for lower league clubs this is how you present your product and and just did an awesome job so uh great great job by all all of those that were involved with uh, uws putting that on and then you know my final thoughts on the athenians you know great job look forward to seeing what you guys can do uh next year uh, speaking of San Antonio, um, I think it was what, uh, this time last week here, we were like, Hey, they, they, they're, they're going to start to look pretty good. Uh, I think Royce, you called out something uh, last week. If, if, uh, if I remember correctly. Huh? Yeah. I, I meant to ask you to uh, dub up that, um, that, that <laughs> cue of me, uh, talking last week, but, um, somebody on here, uh, it may have been the dude with the long hair and the big beard. I don't, I don't know where that guy Formally. went, but, um, no, but last week I did predict that Jose was going to have a, a breakout game and that he was going to get three points. I said three goals, and then I retracted that. And I said three. I did say three points, and lo and behold, three points for Jose, three points for SAFC against New Mexico United. The guy on the beer did say that Nathan would get the brace. Fair. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything, so I guess I'm the oddball out here. But uh, but what a night, uh, you know, for San Antonio. Um, you know, they lost 2-0 to New Mexico in New Mexico, and, and they responded well with a 3-0 win. Uh, you know, Nathan had the brace. Jose had the two assists, one beautiful assist, and, and 
you know, just the talent that, uh, you know, that that guy has to be able to wait that and be able to see that vision to be able to put that through uh, was incredible. However, I'm just kind of on the recap here. Uh, PC unfortunately went down um, and Kamiri went out with a, a possible injury as well, although didn't stop him from celebrating <laughs> so. on, on one foot in the locker room and uh, on the field, man, can, can we catch a dang break? Can we catch a day? Are you kidding me? My God, that was so frustrating. That was That's so frustrating. I'm saying we need a curandero in there in the locker room. We need ha- more than that. Have you yeah. guys been lighting your candles? Has <laughs> everybody been lighting? Seriously, has everybody been lighting their candles? Am I the only one? What are we doing? Come on. Ridiculous. But <sighs> I will say PC going out, it sucked. It really did suck. It hurt. But it also gave the opportunity for Muhammad Abu to come in and good Lord, did that dude light it up? And I'm going to give you a couple stats just to show how effective he was. Because if you remember without him, everybody was, well, by everybody, I mean, Harry and Rafa, because I understood what they're trying to do. Not saying I'm smarter than you, but I have patience. Um, Always complaining about the long ball. Always complaining. We're playing too many long balls. We're playing too many long balls. Well, what happens in this match whenever Abu comes on? We have a very similar number of long balls. We played 74 long balls. 30 of those were accurate. So that's about a 50-50 chance. If you remember, our passing rate was well below, what, 30? Mm-hmm. Abu comes on, and it's up. To, he's the pivot. He is the sixth that's blocking everything. He's the destroyer. He's also distributing from that. He's, he's in the PC role. His long balls were so dang accurate. And the first goal that Jose scored was directly off of a long ball from Abu. And that dude's, I I can't say enough about his performance in that match because we don't win that without that. Also, the second stat that I have that is very telling about this match. New Mexico United and SAFC were both tied in shots, 14 each. New Mexico United had one shot on target. One, and they had eight um, off target, and they had five block shots. All, if you remember previous games before Colorado Springs, well, actually, including Colorado Springs, most of the goals against SAFC started in that zone 14 area, which is right behind the penalty box. That's where Abu was standing, and he was there getting in the way of all the shots. So they only got one on goal from there. That's huge, and that's the difference that a good that that is a difference that a natural six makes. That's what we're missing with PC. That's what we're missing by having Lima have to go to the left and include a go on the right, and vice versa. And because Lima can also play that six, that's the big thing that we're missing. And that's why I was so excited about the signing. I was excited about PC coming back. I hope he's. I hope it's just precautionary and he's not that hurt. It took a pretty hard knock, but. Sometimes it's just a dead leg and it's not going to recover, but it recovers within a week. We'll see. We're, we're praying for you, PC. Uh, but that's the big impact that Abu had in this match. It was Jose and it was Abu. Those should have been the two uh, men of the match for sure. Here's a question I want to ask. You know, you know, Abu was awesome, you know, against New Mexico. How long have we had him under our radar? And if we had him longer, especially right before, you know, when PC went down, 
How come we didn't sign him a lot sooner? Don't 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 play that game. Why didn't we get him sooner? Don't do that. You're just being pedantic, man. I mean, be happy that they were able to sign him and they got him. But you know that honestly, what I what I think happened. Hold on, what I think happened, real quick, just to answer that real fast. What I think happened. I think they had all of their international slots already filled, and that's why the Perusa deal ending that was serendipitous that Abu became available. We were able to sign him, and I'm sure in the times of COVID, it's very difficult to sign an international player right now, especially to get the visas and everything straight. So that may have been a thing that they were been working on for months, and they just now got it. If you remember, um, was it the 2019? I think it was a 2019 season, wasn't it? When um, um, Ebby, um, yeah, yes, Ebby Akon, they could not sign him, yeah. and he stayed. And, and that's when Trump did his thing. Oh. Thank you, Donald Trump. But that's that's when he did that. You know, predominantly Muslim country crap, and that's why Ebby couldn't come and play because he was having problems getting his visa, and he ended up getting signed by another team. Well, he got signed by San Diego. But correct. he is still yet to make it to San Diego. So That's there's correct. Got to be some sort of. It is a visa thing. I guarantee it's because I, I'm the ins. I am a Twitter sleuth and I'm an Instagram sleuth. Instagram, still over there. yes. Dude's still yeah. Dude's still over there. So, who knows what the hell's going on? Uh, I feel sorry for that. That dude was awesome, and he for as a rookie, he led he in clearances. Job. He was great. He could have been amazing here. I hope he's continuing his career over there. But man, that was. But can oh, he if he signed with San Diego? He signed with a professional team. I don't think he can. Yeah, and, that, well, and that's but, that's the crappy thing. Yeah. Unless they I get a, a permission on lo- like a loan. But there would be an announcement that there's a loan and there hasn't been. I, I think that's the thing is that he – I don't know if he could have – I think they announced the signing because they're working on his visa. Uh, and that goes along with sponsorship because to get a visa, you have to have a sponsorship. Um and that's kind of why I'm like, if SAFC couldn't do it with all their pool, or SSE couldn't do it, then how's Landon Donovan, the fighting Landon Donovan's going to get it done? But it's Fuck just yeah. disappointing. It, yeah, exactly. It's just disappointing, <laughs> man. I just, Ebby's Eb, great. Ebby's Eb, a man. great person. And, and like I said, yeah, For USL sure. is missing along those lines. So Nathan has a brace, second one in two games. One at home, one on the road. Fire. Um, Royce is sending me pictures of uh, Patino poolside. <laughs> <laughs> without a cast. so without, without a boot. If if Patino comes back, who, who starts? Uh, it's Nathan because Patino had a possible injury, so he'll come late in the game. Get Give me a hard question. Come on. <laughs> but that changes the system, though. It, it does. No, it doesn't. Nathan plays a very similar right now. He's playing very similar as a nine that Patino would play. Uh, he is not playing how Dylan would play because Dylan would hold the, is a hold up nine. Right. He's that he's that size. Patino runs. If you remember, a very similar goal was Patino's hat trick goal in the very first match of this season was a very similar goal to Nathan's second of the last match where he's going against the back line, a beautiful ball gets played through. He breaks through with the speed and ends up ends up scoring from the left side, scoring towards the bunker. Almost the exact same thing. It's Nathan and Patino are, I don't want to say they're interchangeable, but 
as nines, they play very similarly. Um, you could tell they. Do you take Bio out and put Nathan I there? With I don't. It, that's an inter- That's an interesting prospect. Um, it's it's possible now. Quayle, one of the Quayle has kind of had an off season, and the reason he has had an off season is he's not an he's not a natural six. Good lord! Uh, I'm sorry. Thanks, That's Coach, for derailing us. Uh, I'm so derailed right now. Oh god! Uh, for those that are watching or that catch it on the podcast, uh, Coach Kano, uh, great guy, awesome uh, podcast with the fifty and fifty. Uh, for that here, uh, a handle changes in order for at babyface uh, Socrates. Uh, for that here, which was, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm derailed, man. I'm waiting Quayo, for that. Quayo verse, uh, I'm Nathan. waiting for that Johnson and Johnson sponsorship <laughs> sponsorship with baby oil for. God I took the Johnson Johnson shot, so maybe that's the thing. San Antonio <laughs> Soccer Roundtable brought to you by Pampers, Pampers brand diapers. Anyway, um, sorry. Um, let's get back to it. Quayle has had kind of a rough season because he has had um, uh, he's had to do. He has he's had a lot of. Make a lot of good lord, Coach Cano. What are you doing, man? He has made a lot of. He's had to make a lot of defensive uh, positioning and take a lot of defensive um, roles. And he's not a defensive midfielder. He's a ten. He's an attacker. That is that is why LA that Los Dos and even LA Galaxy had him. He is a great attacker. He's a great shooter. He's a great distributor. That's what he does. He's not an eight. That's not in. He can play an eight. Um, I mean, we saw it, but that's not where he's best suited for. Uh, he's definitely not a six, and we had him play a lot of similar, you know, defensive midfield roles. Especially when Lindley would go up on the right, he would have to come back and play the six, and that's kind of why we gave up a lot of those chances in zone fourteen right there in front of the box. Could, now that could, we have it, go I ahead. Ask, I was going to ask you: Could you see maybe us going to like a four-one-four-one with the two central mids? Uh, being Quayle and Nathan and then Abu or or PC if he's back, you know, being that holding mid. That's that's and then Coutinho up top or Dylan up top. That's basically what we did in this match um mm. at times. So obviously soccer is not you know it's one of those things I know Alexi Lawless said it. People like to throw out numbers because they think it they sound smart, but they have no idea what's going on. Soccer is very fluid. It's always changing. You don't just stand in your one spot and that's it. So how they've gone about these last few matches is they have had, and this is what they've tried to do the entire match since the RGV match, basically, is they have a double pivot in the midfield uh, as defensive mid. You have Cam Lindley and whoever the six is next to him. Uh, in, In a perfect world, that would be PC next to Lindley. And basically what you have is you can either overload on your right side with cam lindley going up or you can overload on your left side with that six going up and then you have your 10 also helping to go whatever side you want to overload so whatever side one team is attacking you can watch this you can watch it the last few games because this is exactly what we've done whatever side that the opposing team wants to attack safc is going right up the opposite side and attacking them and pinning them back if you watch new mexico united constantly try to attack on that right side that's all they wanted to do is attack on that right so what did we do and where did the first goal come from 
was an interception in the midfield. Mm-hmm. Abu gets the ball, long ball to, to the right. uh, Gallegos, who's right. basically wide open, attacking the side that they're not attacking on and beating the center back to the end line and Nathan finishing it off. That's that's perfectly what Marcina's system is designed to do is it is a 4-1-4-1, but that one always changes depending on what side you want to um what side you want to attack and what side you want to overload. And that's so it's basically a 4-1-4-1. It's just not as static as it was in those Mexican games. Yeah. I'm sorry, the the games against the Mexican teams. Um it's not that static because you have more well-versed pros and they're more apt to having those positional changes and still keeping up with what's going on in space and everything. So. And we're going to kind of continue the conversation because I think this is an important switch here is San Antonio is getting ready to face El Paso. Um, and, and coach Cano mentioned that, uh, you know, he thinks these are the two most talented teams in the mountain division, uh, you know, predicting a great matchup. Uh, looking at El Paso, uh, they are first, uh, you know, scored 16, only allowed eight. Um, so obviously they're, def- they're a very defensive team. They've always been a very defensive team. Uh, former San Antonio FC Solinag is with them uh, for it here. Yep. How do you see San Antonio attack Yuma in a very good um you know, El Paso defense with, I'm assuming Logan Ketter will also be between the pipe or Correct. between the, the, always the, the problems for right. Between the post. Uh, oh, Ketter is always a problem. He's a great goalkeeper. Always a problem for opposing teams. What I see happening and how they play. And if you watch the last match between El Paso and New Mexico United, they're basically, it's, it's the two Spider-Men pointing at each other. They play the exact same way. They try to bog down the middle and they attack up one side and they try to defend on the other side. So this is basically going to be New Mexico United part two. Except, Better talent though, I think. Hold on. I'm getting there. The issue, the big difference, the biggest difference between New Mexico United and um, and uh, El Paso, El Paso. Uh, Locomotive is they can score. El Paso can score. That's the biggest difference. They've both not allowed that many goals, especially New Mexico United at home has not allowed that many goals. It's a baseball field. They know how to play it. Um, well, I mean, El Paso also plays on a baseball field. How ironic is that? That's weird. Anyway, um, that's not ironic at all. It's That's why they play the exact same way is because they're both used to playing in similar conditions. But um, that that's basically it. This is basically going to be uh, New Mexico United Part 2, except – these guys actually have a, a really good uh, – El Paso is a very good, uh, talented roster as far as scoring goes. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful of that. Um, but it's going to be a very similar game plan, which is going to help out uh, Marcina a lot because it's going to be a very similar game plan. And honestly, the bold are going to be very similar as well. Um, so I'm pretty But I don't think the bold's ta- – so we'll and I hate to say this because the bold beat us, but I don't think the talent that they have – is as good. I, I think. I think if you're ranking the bold, bold, the bold, the bold beat us because we could not finish. And this is back we're on that winless streak where we just could not finish. The big difference between that bold match on the third of July and the last two matches we've played, actually the last four matches SAFC has, has played, we finished. So hopefully we keep that alive. Austin also got super lucky at a 
a, just a broken play in zone 14 at the very beginning of the of the game and that they won based off that. They also had a red card, so that shouldn't even been close, but we just we could have finished. So hopefully uh but it's it's still a very similar game plan. Just muck up the middle, gum up the works in the middle and try to attack down one of the sides and if you get that goal, defend like your life depends on it because it does. That's that's how New Mexico United has been successful. That's how El Paso has been successful. And that's how Austin has been successful. Yeah, I think uh, Coach brings up a great point that yeah. you know the locals that, can score with multiple players, and that, that's what I mean. Diego have, Luna is correct, there. Jose Jose Gallegos. Yep. Yeah, Diego Luna. Uh, they signed um, uh, Sebastian uh, Velasquez, uh, Velasquez, who came yep. who came back. I think he was playing in Israel last year. That's correct. Uh, you know, for that here. I think um, no, it was earlier this season because whenever uh, Palestine and Israel were exchanging salvos and rocket attacks and stuff, uh, he, he got nervous. <laughs> yeah, he got super nervous, and I mean, I I went on Twitter. I would be I, nervous myself too. Exactly. So no, that's that's literally a war zone. You don't sign up to go play professional sports to be in the middle of the damn war zone. But no, even I was tweeting at um, um, you know my political representatives and. And the um, um, the U.S. representative um, for uh, or not representative, but the the foreign diplomat for Israel for the U.S. I was even tweeting at him, being like, "Hey, uh, you got an American soccer player here that's kind of in the middle of some crap, and he wants to get out. Can y'all help him?" So I'm just I'm glad to see, not glad to see he's on El Paso's team, but I am glad to see that he him and his family are safe uh, here in the states. Yeah, and Sebastian. Uh, how he left El Paso was kind of odd. Where you did he know, go to Miami? Well, no, he went down. I want to say home, and was playing a contract. They couldn't, they couldn't come to a deal soon enough. And then El Paso moved on before he was ready to commit to come back to to USL. Gotcha. gotcha. They had committed to another player. He went to Miami, and then through there, um, and then you know, of course, uh, El Paso ended up welcoming him back, but. Yeah, I I think you know uh, Coach Kano is 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 right. I think you know for USL Championship to see seventeen year old Luna from El Paso and and uh, Jose Gallegos uh, you know with San Antonio, that'll be a fun matchup. I know they don't probably won't go head to head because they're both you know play you know play that attacking mid. Correct. But what two great exciting uh, you know players that both team have. Um, and I believe Diego came through the El Paso Academy, if, if memory serves me correct, if, if, if I remember my so. episodes of Seriously Loco, uh, who, if you want to catch a preview, I believe they're also recording uh, either tonight or tomorrow. So, you know, do check them out as well. Um, Luis Solinang, any thoughts on him coming back? Uh, it was kind of odd how he left. You know, one or two days after the season, went down to South Chile. America, Chile. Yep. Uh, played a game or two, and then you know, COVID hit. And COVID hit, yeah. and then came back and didn't come back to San Antonio, but went to El Paso. Uh, you know, uh, for that. I mean, obviously, you don't know how the contracts go. Um, he may have, they may have initially had his agent reach out to San Antonio and. You know, we had already signed by that time. We'd probably already signed. Um, we had signed Patino uh, by that Patino point. and and Dylan. So maybe that was it. And uh, he decided to you know find somewhere close. He likes Texas, obviously. Um, he wouldn't come back to Texas if he didn't, and ended up in El Paso. So, but I I really do think his so 
with uh, Solniak, he's been really trying to uh, put back together, um, uh, put back together his career. He had uh, mm-hmm. uh, his career almost ended with uh, with a hip issue and some hip surgery while he was with Chicago. In Chicago, yeah, with the fire. Um, and SAFC was really where he rebuilt his career. He went to Chile. Um, obviously, he's from Argentina, so um, that's closer to home. Um, I think Chile and Argentina border each other down. Uh, because Chile is uh, that strip to the west, oh, and then Argentina comes all across just north of uh, Tierra, um, Tierra yeah. de Fuego. But um, anyway, um, it's closer to home for sure. And I'm sure he went there and pretty much the same thing as everybody else who knew that we we're going to have a pandemic in 2020. So that's just kind of how that went. And I hope the best for him. I hope he. I hope he gets back to wherever he wants to be in, in soccer for sure. Cause I mean, he's still super talented and he's still scoring goals like no one's business, but obviously uh, any San Antonio FC players, if you're watching or if you end up listening to this, please defend for the first five minutes. <laughs> that seems to be the first score. Yes. <laughs> That's all you like to score in the first 10 seconds. Kind of give him a good, a good little shellacking to wake him up. Oh. I, I think, I think Doyle, Doyle's, Doyle's got that mean streak. To, or Varela, or his, to put in a good check. Oh, Varela, his, yeah. Varela just Varela. not not with the shoulder that you dislocated, my guy. The other shoulder, give him a shoulder <laughs> shove. So don't, that don't shoulder should it, be man. healed about now, though, right? You'd think. Mm, no, uh, depending on how bad it was separated, that sometimes that well, could it was two I mean, of them, could, right? Though, yeah, the same one came out twice, so it could heal within a couple weeks, but. Let's do what they do in varsity blues. Give them a shot. Yeah, go, don't do that. No, no, that is not good medical advice. <laughs> go grow a beard or something, baby face. What are you doing? <laughs> so turning to next Saturday, uh, Bold Stadium, uh, where their average attendance is less than $1,000. Uh, or actually, there's one final comic here. Uh, and this week, uh, actually for Rafa and uh, Royce here, interested to see the tactical adjustments of Coach Lowry and Coach Marcina. Um, I love Coach Lowry. Uh, I thought he's been great going all the way back to the Jacksonville years uh, of NASL here. The Armada. The Armada. Uh, so this is a, kind of an old school matchup. These guys know each other. Your thoughts on the two coaches? I know Marcina typically is a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more forward. Lowry tends to be a little bit more defensive. Still physical. Both teams are very physical. So, uh Hopefully the uh, referee uh, from USL Pro uh, keeps cards in the pockets, but keeps it keeps it called. But uh, this, this, this is not going to be a finesse game by any means. I, I think we, every time we tangle with them, there's always yellow cards. <laughs> so. I will say real quick, just to bring it up, this last match against New Mexico United, no yellow cards. No, two yellow cards. Against who? I saw the stats said none. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh-oh. There were... Uh, Doyle got one. Yeah, Doyle. Oh, that's right. Professional foul. That's right. He did. And then who was the other one? There was. They were both in the second half. Fatma, um, what are you doing to me, man? Did Lima, did Lima get one? Hold on. I'll tell you here. I, I think Lima got one. Mob's not good with the yellows. So if you're basing in Mob on yellows... It's, the other stats are It'll great. do red yeah. cards, but it won't do... Uh, through there here. Oh, it was. Oh, what are we doing? 
Quayle for yeah. Quayle in the sixty eighth. Yeah, Quayle and Doyle got yellows. Dang it! But but still out, out of the whole game, but the only two, which is which is great for us. Uh, yeah, I'll take two. Uh, and honestly, the the PC uh, wasn't on the field long enough, unfortunately, to get his. Uh, shut up! Here. Shut up! That hurts. Shut <laughs> up. Um, so two two huge points from this match to finish it off, and then I'll I'll talk about Lori against Marcino. But uh, the two huge points. Um, number one. That officiating crew was the best officiating crew awesome. to awesome. officiate awesome. a match because they were they weren't. I'm not saying they're lenient, but they were just weren't the first thing giving out a card. They talked to the players, and she and you know she talked did to everybody job. and she controlled she the awesome game job. without having to get card happy. She controlled the game, and that's what you need to have. Her name was Natalie Simone. Uh, excellent job by her. She's great. Is great. That whole crew was great. Send her roses. <laughs> that's, that's, no. not, that's not a good look. What you do is you say that's exactly <laughs> how that's, she, she did the job. Yeah, yeah just, that's how a game should be officiated by anybody. Period. That's it. it. Was, the one thing she did a great job, did a really good job, is all that flopping that New Mexico was doing, especially around the box. Yeah. She didn't fall for that. So she I, I really like to do. That. She didn't fall for any of ours either. So. Fair. fair. <laughs> to be fair. Nathan had a couple where it was like, ah, oh, come on, man. Uh, I think before he scored his first goal, he had one where it was like, ah, oh, just get up, dude. Don't do that. Um, but the second thing and the most important thing, beside the three points and the and, uh, three points for Jose and the three points for the team, welcome back, Connor Maloney. Jesus, yes, we have been waiting on you for so long. Good Lord. My goodness, and I'm so happy to have him back. It's pretty obvious the entire team was happy to have him back. Lord knows what he went through to get back. I'm sure he's had a couple setbacks, but, man, it's so good to see him back on the pitch. Um, also I forget how built that dude is. Yeah, yeah. Dude he's is. A brick A brick S-house, for sure. Um, but, I mean, we had Captain Cardoni, but. Um, which the, I think was the first time, which is good yeah, to see. I, I think it may have been, but. I, I will say Connor being out there, Connor's probably going to be the, the captain yes. um, going PC, forward yeah. for sure. Um, and, and PC if not, but yeah, man, uh, everybody just surrounded that guy. Everybody's real happy that that guy's back and I'm happy he's back because what does that do? That lets him be on the left. That lets Gleedle be on his natural on the right. And that lets you have so much flexibility in the midfield because you can even have Lima on the bench now to get a break. Lindley can, Lindley can finally get a break and you can have Lima and Abu next to each other. Lindley can finally get a damn break. So it's exciting. My only negative and watch yourself. Watch yourself now. Was by us the fans. Oh there yeah, were only, no, no, yeah. <laughs> there were only about fifty six hundred that great. showed up to the game. On a nationally televised game, we've got to be better. I've always said, "Hey, we get six thousand. We didn't even reach six thousand for this one here." That to, that to me, you know, I know it's Wednesday, but still, it you know, it's it it, it was, and then it, you know, there was no no uh, tifo, but we won't go there. Um, yeah, that was uh, not great. And hopefully uh, this Wednesday, yeah, I know, right? Hopefully this Wednesday, we sort that crap out because that it was pretty unacceptable. Um, I will say I wasn't there. I'll be the first one to say that. 
my entire family was sick, so I didn't want to be patient zero over there. Um, and honestly, my wife had to talk me down because I was like, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And she's like, you're sick. You're, you're, <laughs> you're not going anywhere. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to try to give it a run. I, I think I feel better now. I was just lying. I know, I know we had so. some New Mexico fans behind us. <laughs> I think they left right after the third goal. So, yeah, so they, they were cool. I'll They're give cool. credit to the New Mexico fans, you know, that were in section 114. Uh, you know, they had a couple of diving incidents and then, you know, uh, we had somebody that dived in the box and they rightfully called me out saying, Hey, what about that one? And I was like, all right, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so fair. <laughs> fair. Yeah. fair is fair. It was, it, 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 it was awesome. And, and like I said here, thank you to the New Mexico fans for coming out. You know, you know, I think they, uh, outdraw, uh, RGV, which is, you know, not hard to do, well, it's, but it's uh, not hard to do. They, they, they also outdraw Austin <clears throat> Bold. Also not hard to do. Um, but what I will say, congrats, New Mexico United on that. Yes. Uh, well, we're going to come the, to that. In the hopefully news the city council. Yeah. Hopefully the city council passes, but that, that's exciting news for you guys. We're excited on this side for you guys, especially because we don't have to play in a damn baseball field, but yeah, we're excited. So, so moving on to the bold, uh, I find it funny that they say, Hey, they're giving away a, you know, a Austin bold soccer ball to the first thousand fans. Last two home matches, they haven't reached a thousand fans, and that's report that's reported attendance, not actual people showing up. That's, that's reported attendance. Yeah. <laughs> so my goal is, I would love to see um, SAFC outdraw the bold fans. It's it is a Saturday night. That would be and nice. And uh, so th that would be awesome to see. I know uh, it's I also think my birthday. Hmm. I think uh, my, tr my, you know, I'm going to take the truck and uh, I think I've got Robert and his son and I think uh, I've recruited Rafa. So I'm taking five. So uh, five balls right there that we could throw on the field. <laughs> <laughs> no, no throwing on the field. Yeah, I don't no, want to no. be out or arrested or anything. Rafa, your new haircut, man, you're kind of walking that line here, buddy. That's That's strike two, man. Come on. When Nathan scored the hat trick with throw the balls in instead of, instead of the octopus. So, but no, like I said here, I, I do think that uh, for the bold put, you know, it pulls a, I don't want to say it's one of the worst losses that we've had. Um, Cause I think the bold are one of those sneaky, good teams. They have an excellent coach and coach Toronto, uh, probably one of the better coaches in, in the league here that probably doesn't get as much love as he should. Um, doing what he's doing there, you know, with, with the bold here. Um, Austin always plays San Antonio tough. Yeah. So we'll start with you, Rafa. Um, your thoughts on what SAFC needs to do different this time than last time. And I know it seems like we're, quote, healthy in certain spots, which I think might make a big difference. And then, like Roy said, we need a finish. That's That's just as simple as that. But uh, I also noticed on that game, we just didn't have any energy. Like, we weren't motivated enough. And, uh, something changed in the team. I, well, to me, I think the two Liga AMX games really brought some. It relit the fire. It relit the fire. fire. Especially, and I don't, I don't know if, if that sent a message to some of the other players that the younger players can play. Because they were playing uh, guys that were a lot two divisions higher and can keep up with them, and 
So I'm wondering that he sent a message. I said, hey, you know, you can be replaced. And I want I want to have players out there. They're hungry. And then it, and it showed, you know, there were some kids, there were some ones that did really shine. And I think that's, and that's where Nathan really kind of kicked it to the next gear. Cause you know, if you count those two games and these, and then the, the two that we've played, he's already got what five, six goals, six, seven goals. Who, so Nathan? Yeah. Four. I think he hadn't scored well, prior four, to the four league, four league. He's counting the I think he scored three in the friendly. I think he, I think he scored two, one in each, and then Varela had one, and Kamiri okay. had the other. That's that's really kind of kickstart him to really yeah. get it going. Oh, goal. it was Ollie. It was Ollie with the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ollie had one in the first one, and then Kamiri uh, had one in the second one, and then Nathan, yeah, Nathan had, had, had one in each. So yeah, he has six in the last three games. Well, four games. <laughs> so that's really boosted his confidence. So you can see he's really playing with a step and maybe that could be the difference going into Saturday. And I think, like I said, I wasn't really impressed with the Bulls defense. Like I said, they were just lucky, you know, going into, you know, us just not being able to finish. And I think now that the way Nathan's player, he's going to be able to finish a lot of those. So I do see us, I think winning this game, getting those three points back that we lost back in July 3rd. Go ahead, Russ. No, I was going to say, um, one thing I did want to look up. Uh, so number one, um, yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Uh, I guess, I guess I did. um, yeah, that first game, uh, like Rafa said, it's just, and like I've been saying, just finish San Antonio had 21 shots. Um, in that game against the bold, only put five on target. None of those went in. I mean, finish 21 shots and only put five on is not great. Um, but at the same time, and they got a good goal. They they had a couple of shots that I think could, would have beat the average goalkeeper, but you know, the the goalie that they have is, and I forget the name of him, but, uh, I'm not saying he's as great as Tyler Derrick, but he's kind of in that neighborhood. Right. But still the, the point is finish your chances and yep. that's what they've been doing the last couple of games that's the only big difference really that and we have a six which is yep. huge it's a huge uh, difference but if you have a six art i mean if some butts candy and nuts but if you have a six you probably don't give up that one goal to bold on july 3rd uh you don't necessarily are you guaranteed to score, score a goal <laughs> but you don't give up that goal and probably what happens is Whenever bold go down to 10 men, you take that six off and you put another attacker on and kind of the same result happens. You just got to finish, man. You have to finish. That's it. That's it. And and I know the big crap thing and don't act like we're going to forget it, that everybody was saying, Marcina, there's a problem with Marcina. No one wants to get the results for him. Yada, yada, yada. And I'm here to tell you and remind you it's not Marcina. He has putting his players in a good position to get a lot of chances. It's up to those players to finish those chances. Really simple. And these last few games, everybody's happy because they've been finishing those chances that Marcina has put them in the position to finish. So there you go. Go ahead. So I'm going to ask you guys this question here, and then we're going to kind of you know go into the news and notes and standings and then – uh, we'll talk Gold Cup, 
And then I've got an off topic for, for the two of you that doesn't relate to soccer here. Oh, no. Uh, for that here. So this week, and, and this is this is a very important stretch for San Antonio FC. They play El Paso at home. Oh, yeah. They play the bold. Next week, they play away at El Paso. And next Sunday, they play away at Copa Teos. We're going to just focus this week on, you know, the locomotive and the bold. How many points do you think they walk away with this week? I made such a good prediction this last game. You're going to make me try to tempt fate and do it again. Come on, Rafa, you go first. I, I think we can get the six. I honestly think we can get the six. I think we can get the six, but we just need to settle for four. I think. I think. I think this is the week you need to get the six because next week the two are on on the road against the top two teams in the division. And well, as much as we hate we, to say RGV is ahead of us, they play. They went to OC and beat. They play Phoenix this week. So, to me, if if San Antonio can, and we're going to go into this in the standings, if San Antonio is able to get a six point week by beating El Paso, and if if Rising can take care of um, <clears throat> take care of RGV. The gap closes quite a bit this week. I think I think we need the six this week, and then next week, at least get a point in El Paso, and then get the win at RGV. So like six this week and four next week. That's that's what we need. And I think that would help. Close, like I said, that's going to close that the gap. Put us, that would put us what in second place if we were to do that, depending yeah. on other results. Good lord, Be great. <laughs> Which, like you mentioned, Royce, like we were in the in that middle of that that death trap of months. Yeah. Now you're within striking distance of getting that first place. And like this I said, is, we're, we're peaking it. at the right time. And like I said, at the beginning of the season, this August is going to be make or break for the season. And October is going to be proof positioning, but this August is going to be the test that shows you, are you a real team? You got to get to August. So you got to get to August and you got to get through August. You got to well, get, no, through you got to get to August. Oh, I know. Because I know. If you drop these matches, points, I know. I know this week and even, you know, going into next week. Yeah. It puts you, it puts you in, and it, I think maybe and not this too is deep a hole to make the playoffs, too. but too deep a hole to possibly win the division. Yep. So <clears throat> moving to, uh, I noticed uh, Royce kind of ducked it and I'll let him duck it here. No, it's, it's fine. fine. I'm, I, I will say it's going to, hopefully we'll get four points. I think it's going to be a draw on Wednesday and hopefully we finally uh, beat the bowl on the road. Um, it's the perfect time for it. Let's do it on my birthday. Let's get three points. I think we tie though. I think it's going to be a, a scoreless or maybe a one-one draw uh, at home against El Paso. I think they'll their defense will come up. Um, we'll see if we continue with the finishing boots because who knows? It, we could easily get six points. I think they get uh, the six points. I, we I, can have we can have two more three nothing games to be honest. Uh, a big thing is definitely going to be. And I hate to say this, and it just sounds like a cop out or an excuse, but it depends on the officiating. Because if we have some, if we have similar officiating, uh, high quality officiating, like we had this past week, where they were good on, she was good with both sides, not giving the the crap penalties and calling what she should have properly. Definitely, we'll uh, we'll be at a a good advantage. But if they just want to have a card show, and that'll be that'll be that. But I'm predicting a draw on Wednesday and a and three points on Saturday going into uh, the make or break August. 
I think for me, I think San Antonio gets the W in both games. And like I said here, I think I think they get a 2-0 win against El Paso, and I think against the Bold they get a 1-0 win, um, just because it's on the road uh, for that here. Uh, for that here, but uh, I do think uh, this is the week San Antonio gets two, the the two wins. Next week, I think is the big question of how many points can they get with both on the road here, but. Looking at the Copa Tejas here, RGV uh, played eight matches. Uh, you could add El Paso and Locomotive, or El Paso and San Antonio together and still not equal the amount of uh, matches that they played. They've got 10 points, two wins, two losses, uh, four draws, 10 goals. So uh, if you look at their max points left, uh, they've only got a max points of 22. So everybody else is, is in a better driving seat. Bold's played five, got eight points. El Paso's got six with three points, and San Antonio's played four, but only two points. So for Copa Teos, if San Antonio's going to really remain in it and be competitive, these next two weeks you know, are going to tell a lot about what happens with, with the SAFC. Uh, looking at uh, the uh, standings here, El Paso uh, is in first place uh, with 25 points and with the tiebreakers. RGV, uh, second place uh, with it here, uh, you know, due to goal difference. That's the only difference because uh, they have split their season series 1-1, but goal difference, the uh, locomotive have the advantage, which is the second tiebreaker. Uh, New Mexico's uh, in third, but if you look, they played two more matches than uh, San Antonio, Colorado Springs, who and even the Bold. Uh, Bold's one point back at 20 points. Um, if you look at USL standings, you'll see the switchbacks in fifth place, but actually according to the rules, uh, because, uh, San Antonio has the tiebreaker head head. advantage head to head. We are actually in fifth place here, uh, for that here. So don't necessarily fall for the USL standings. There are, they haven't ironed out the head to head, uh, options on there. So San Antonio C is actually, uh, have that. And just a plug, if you follow on, on my Twitter, I tweeted a, a link. Uh, that has all the tiebreakers for all of USL and intra and outer division matches uh, for that here. So, you, you know, if you want to dwell into the stats, we've got it here for you. Uh, Colorado Springs, uh, you know, unfortunately is in sixth place with 18 points, uh, even though they've scored the most goals in the league. Um, unfortunately, they give up the most goals at, or the second most goals uh, compared to Real Monarchs. And with the Monarchs, they are having a tough season. Out in the Pacific, which is who we would face in the playoffs, Rising's number one and probably a clear number one at this point. Um, Orange County, second, 21 points. Uh, San Diego Loyal, who has actually already finished with uh, Phoenix, Phoenix Rising, so a little bit of schedule, rare, you know, oddity by USL. Um, 12 matches and four of them have been against Phoenix Rising. Uh, they're in third place at 18. Uh, Last Dos is the uh, fourth victim um, in the Pacific here, but between the Galaxy Lights Defiance, it seems to switch, you know, depending on the results. Um, Oakland Roots, congratulations, you played a game. <clears throat> you know, that's, you know, didn't win, but you played a game. That's, a, that's good for you. Out in the East, <clears throat> uh, the Rowdies lead, um, although they've had a little bit of a rough stretch. Watch out for Pittsburgh Riverhounds, who San Antonio does play coming up, um, followed by Hartford and Miami. Uh, keep an eye out on Charleston. They're starting to warm up a little bit. Another team that warms up late. And, and uh, in August, uh, real quick, real quick. In August, we do play uh, the, the Red Bulls. 
And if you look we, at the Red we, Bulls, they will have the, 30 goals. We play the Riverhounds as well. No, right. We Pittsburgh Riverhounds River at home. Uh, hold on. Mm-hmm. We play Pittsburgh Riverhounds at home, but we New go York to away. New York. Correct. New York's our, our away one here. And, and Correct. Uh, they tend to give up some goals here, obviously, by allowing 30 and, and always that scoring. That is a goal differential. Yeah. So, and the East is kind of odd. And then and in the Central, uh, Louisville City, uh, even though they came off a, a last second, or they gave up a last second Colorado, goal to yeah. Colorado, uh, still with a, a commanding lead. Of, well, I wouldn't say commanding 27. <laughs> I was going to say, what's a command? <laughs> I still think they're the odds on favorite. Uh, Birmingham seems Agreed. to. They seem to be a little bit like San Antonio where they win the games that you don't think they'll win and then they'll lose some that you think that, you know. Uh, yeah. They're they're also they're missing a, well, next Flemings. game they, they won't, but yeah, they've been missing Flemings for sure. Tulsa uh, unfortunately gave up a, a late goal to the energy uh, to lose to them. So that's, and, and I'm sorry, I didn't update that correctly as far as on the, on the form here. Uh, surprise to me, uh, I know they don't have 116 points, they got 16 uh memphis <laughs> I just caught that here uh 116 that would be some sort of record um i think the surprise is indy 11 down in sixth uh sixth place here uh they're they're a little bit struggling the energy's already fired the coach and it seems to have worked uh, quite a bit as they've uh, progressed up the standings who did who did indy indy just lost to somebody that they had no business losing to like in the last oh it was well, uh, birmingham birmingham. Yes. birmingham yeah that was a last minute goal yeah i did, I did see that I, I know uh uh, Kayla was super excited about that. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, so news and notes. Uh, we got a lot to cover news and notes. Uh, I think it's official. USL and MLS breaks up per the striker Texas. Only yep. four MLS teams will be in USL in 2022. USL that's- is going the ways of UT and OU from uh, the Big Ten. That's so. going to be my off topic here. Uh, <laughs> LA Galaxy, Atlanta United 2, Loudoun United, and the Red Bulls. Although they are going to be the only teams next year in it. So out West, we only have one. Um, however, in 2023, they're, all four of them are gone as well. The other big news, and this is, comes from um, Jeff Reuter, you know, with the Athletic, these next uh, three. The winter calendar, fall to spring. It'll match Europe for transfers. It's off cycle for MLS. My question is, how do you set it up? Like Liga MX in a split season or like Germany with the winter break here? We'll go with you on this one here, uh, Rafa. Your first here, your thoughts. Uh, if they do switch, how would you want it to do it? Um, do you want two champions, like one in each each season, or do you want to want one? Apertura uh, de clausura. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean we we could mimic what they do with Liga MX, and then at, like what they do in the end, they have both uh, champions of each two season. playoffs. In the playoffs, and like play it, play it like in a super cup. That'd be great. So that that sounds like a a, a winter league in ASL style. <laughs> but that'd be great. Well, to have... no, but NSL or NASL did not have the playoffs. They had more set up like Germany, where you know the winner of well, it's a semi version of what they had. Right, they had... right, right. No, I, I I get the point, but I mean it, it, it's a hybrid. Yeah, I mean we get each other. We so. In Germany, there's one full season, but there is a long winter break in between. That mm-hmm. kind of makes it feel like About it's two different seasons. Mm-hmm. Right. And in Germany, they also call it the two different seasons. They also call it the beginning and they call it the the, the final part. Um, in Mexico, yes, there is a there's what they call the opening, and then there's a playoff and, and a winner there. And then there's the closing, and then there's a full season, a playoff, and a winner there. And then those two winners face each other for the 
year cup or uh, whatever they call it. Um, okay. Right. Campeón de campeones. There you go. Which champion of, champion of champions. Real, real original. Real cool. I'm going to adjust this because <sighs> I have to step away for a quick second. Um, pro rail. It's a closed leg pro rail, but it's a start. Um, voting's possible this winter meetings. That's when uh, Jake Edwards wants to have it. Goal is to be in place by the 2026 World Cup. Um, so your thoughts, we'll start with you, Royce, and then I got to step out for a second here. Uh, you know, okay. if, if you can hold I'll, on I'll talk for like five or 10 minutes. Yeah, you're good. Um, so the first thing I'm going to hit on is, uh, is a vote for um, fall to spring um, and to do kind of the, the European window. That, that would be really tough, especially here in the San Antonio market because you would compete directly against uh, the Spurs. Um, so that'd be a very difficult thing to pull off. And also you would be competing against the the Cowboys and the NFL, which I mean, USL at the very end of the season also has to do the same thing. Mm. And you play on a different day. That's why you play on Saturdays, but it would still be difficult to go up against the Spurs um, and well, to maintain that, especially with San Antonio sports scene kind of being empty during the, um, during the summer. I mean, you have the missions, but missions it's a 5000 seat stadium yeah. you have plenty of other uh plenty more opportunity to get fans in if you if you keep the same calendar and that's going to be a, a league wide vote i'm not sure if that passes i, I think i think the fall spring is fine because remember the basketball they do take do take road trips so there's really For nothing sure. going on I, I think that maybe the biggest i think i don't know the occur here well for texas especially would be high school high school football. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's, also, a, that's and then yeah. also um, high school soccer in the spring too. But right. and also also if you play on Saturdays, you're also competing against UTSA football. So I mean that there's just a lot more competition winter to spring than there is spring summer and the beginning of winter. So I'm not sure if that really works out for San Antonio FC. It may work out for other teams in the league. I don't think it really works out that well for the league. Um, there's other ways you can go about that without completely taking off the summer. Uh, you can, you, you can have two, two seasons where you play, uh, one in the summer and then one in the winter going toward the end of the year. So then your players are more, you know, they're more ready to go, um, like in a January, uh, transfer window. And then you can also have them play during the summer. So you could do the, you know, the two sets of two parts of a season just don't do it, you know, as a European window, just because I think USL USL would suffer uh, as far as that goes. But I as far as out, I think, I think out of that, the, um, you know, maybe the, out of you know doing this, you know, the possibilities of partnering up with a lot of the European teams, I think maybe maybe this is the reason why they're doing this. You know, I won't be surprised. If, you know, for me, this would be a good opportunity to have. SAFC partner up with a some type of European team to to kind of model what they're doing and so forth, even player exchange or something. Yeah. So I think maybe this is the why they're considering this. So, a, so I think that's that's, a, that's very true. And, and you know, obviously there's already teams that have partnerships with uh, teams in Europe. I know mm-hmm. OC uh, Orange County has a partnership with uh, uh, Glasgow Ranger. Rangers and. Um, somebody has a partnership with uh, Eintracht Frankfurt. So I do know that that's, uh, um, uh, that's already a thing, and that could be more prominent. As far as pro role goes, that's what everyone's been clamoring about, and that's how you get the attention here 
um, in the States, if you're USL, is you bring that where MLS is super reluctant to bring that in mm-hmm. and they have the money to do so. I mean, <clears throat> this is how much money that the MLS has in that they could implement pro everybody's, you know, everybody's complaining that, Oh, MLS is going to collapse if they bring in pro rail. Uh, why would anybody want to do that? No dude. And this is why MLS team, a, a handful of MLS teams have, um, uh, appraised for more value than most European teams right now. And that's not butts and seats. That's not tickets sold. That's not merchandise sold. That is purely the TV contracts. That's where that money's coming from and expansion fees. That's it. That's the only way. That's the only place that that money's coming from. So you cannot tell me that if they continue this with inflation, this trajectory of TV contracts that the MLS is making, if they're going to continue to make that money and share that throughout the league, that you can't share that with two other tiers. Those two other tiers make a little bit less money and you have pro rail between that. You can't tell me that that's not going to work. That's And their TV contract isn't even that great. It's mainly it's expansion not. fees right now. Yeah, correct. That's going to start to dry up because they're you can't see them expanding that much more. Correct. But if you expand and you bring in this whole other pool that has to bring, you know, they bring in a lot of money to expand, but it's in a, in a second tier or third tier and you got to make your way up to the top. Uh, and if you do qualify, you got to pay, you know, a penalty to get in the top. You can, it's money, money. Mm-hmm. People know how to make money. That's basically all that is. It's very easy to imagine and to implement a system of pro rail and MLS. It's very easy. And I'm, I don't know why, I mean, they haven't, I know why they haven't done it is because they like the money they're bringing in, but it's very easy to do that. And if you have pro rail, you bring more, you bring more competition. When you bring more competition, you bring more money, you bring more eyes on the league and you get more fan base and you make more money that way. It's, it's a no brainer, but MLS is so, uh, how do I put this? Nicely? You got to have a league that can prove that it's a moneymaker. That's, no, that's what you have no, to have. Yes. It already is. It already is in its iteration. But it's and not it's, in the it's United basically, States. It's basically communism. Yes, it is. The MLS is a, is a communist league where it's a closed yes. top tier. There is no sporting in that at all. And where their money come from, like, like we're saying is it's sponsorship deals it's expansion fees and it's TV rights. It's not ticket sales. But, if you were to bring some excitement, if you're to bring that and actually get money out of that, plus the sponsors that you get more eyes on your league, when you get more eyes and popularity on your league, that brings two things that brings sponsorship deals. And that brings, um, uh, excuse me, TV rights. You bring those two things. You're just increasing your money. The only thing you're not increasing is expansion fees. Well, if you charge a penalty, if you win, you know, the second or third tier, you have to pay a fine to get into the next tier and they'll help you with uh, like roster building or something. Who loses out of that? But MLS isn't going to do that. USL is looking at doing that and good for them because hopefully this sets apart USL from MLS to where they see, oh, MLS is just, they're just a bunch of rich people making money uh, and USL is actually a sporting league, so. Yeah. Go ahead, Rafa. You had something. Like I mentioned about MLS just being that way, you know, there's always the, there's when you're hearing the rumors of them merging with Liga MX, there, there you're gonna have to have a, a promotion regulation. 
because there's there's just way too many teams. You know, you have you're 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 you have 18 teams in Liga MX plus 30 something, but 32 teams in well, 30 teams in, in MLS. You know, so how are you going to play 48 games? You're going to have to have a a promote or a, a regulation and a promotion within those two if they're going to try to do the merger. So, right. you know, so I mean, for us, for a USL, is a big. I think this would be good for them, and also, like I said, with the USL Cup, it's you know, it's going to just bring more competition in too. So, so I think for USL, they're kind of caught in the middle. You've got MLS that's hey, we're not going to do it. You've got NISA also at D3. You had MLS that's coming in at D3. NISA has said they will do ProRel as soon as they can build that foundation. And NISA, you know, Ron Patel just went there. They're starting to attract quite a bit of talent. So I think for USL, in order for them to, and I know Jake Edwards mentioned this, is to kind of put their mark on the map. That's how they can do it is by being the first league in the United States to be able to do it. Correct. And if they're going to do it, they need to do it sooner than later because the gap between League One and USL Championships is going to grow. It, it is. Just, you know, we, we talk MLS, how it's growth. If you remember, USL is not necessarily that far off. Yeah, they're, you know, we're, what, 10,000, 15,000 now, to, or pardon me, 10 million uh, to get in, where before it was 1, 2 million, 3 million, 4 million, you know, to get in. So you right. can see USL, the value of USL teams is also growing. What, you, what USL needs to do is to be able to incorporate, to be able to, that way both of them can go up. It's closed. USL was very smart on this when they brought League, on, League One on because they brought, the owners that they brought in were brought in at a, at the USL championship level for the PL, you know, the, the, you know, the PLS requirements where they're requiring 5,000, you know, in, in the ownership, uh, you know, net worth. So you, this has been something that I think a lot of people sleep on. Jake Edwards has been saying this publicly, and I think he's I think he's caught on that if he if the first league that does this is going to get a boom, whether it's yep. NISA, whether it's USL, one of those two teams yep. is going to it's going to get a boom. And we saw with um, we saw the decision with NASL not taking MLS's help at that time. What happened to NASL when USL said, "Hey, fine, we'll take it." USL at the time was was the NISA of, NISA of of the Correct. of the two leagues, you know, very up and down, young upstart. They got the help from USL, which or pardon me, from MLS, which stabilized them. They surpassed them. Now they've got to keep an eye on there. So, to me, like I said here, I know it's not what everybody wants an, an open pro rel, but it's a start, and, and to me, that's the most important thing. And if they are going to do it. I hate to say it, but they need to do it now, you know, and I think that's why Jake Edwards is saying, Hey, we're going to vote on it this winter. I'm not sure about the calendar change. I think that's going to be a little bit you know, harder to get through, but I don't think he said, I don't think Jake Edwards puts it up for, you know, says that it's going to be up for a possible vote this winter. If he doesn't ha have confidence that he's got the votes to, to get it done. So the question is, is how soon, I think I think you could see it come, you know, year twenty twenty four because last year, next year is the the last year of the MLS two teams. It wouldn't shock me that in twenty twenty four that that USL has that that'll be the first year where you have the start of it. Now, how it comes to fruition, or you know, is the first year is it teams dropping down to kind of build up USL League One more? 
and then and then promotion starts the following year you know that, that'll, that'll be the question um next one kind of kind of ties into uh the team that we just faced and the team that we're going to be facing here uh new mexico uh, announced last uh, last saturday that they're going to be building a or they're, they're trying to build a new stadium soccer specific it's got it's going to go to the city council within the next couple of weeks or you know where you know for a bond where it isn't supposed to raise any of the taxes if it passes through there then it'll go to vote in november uh for that here to see if they can get it passed so possibly within two to three years new mexico will have a soccer specific stadium if you like stadium porn there's some nice uh, pictures of it of what it could be <laughs> there we go and then to me that puts el paso on the clock hold on hold on hold on if you would like to see the renderings of their possible stadium <laughs> Dude, it, it is what it is come on man you got people that love to see it you know it's so thoughts on anyway. i know we kind of touched base on it thoughts on new mexico stadium um you know i think it'd be great for them personally you know for you know for the state of new mexico um with colorado springs new mexico and especially if you could get a, a stadium in el paso and talking with el paso fans they think that um that might be a little bit tougher draw uh with that here but i think the fans can demand it I, I think El Paso probably get a field, I think, pretty soon. I mean, the town is growing. I, I know they want to do another downtown area. That's going to be tough. I think, I, ideally, I think they could have, you know, they're in El Paso, maybe on the east side of El Paso, where it's growing. I think that'll be the most ideal spot to put the field, you know, because there's really nothing where you can build around unless well, you start buying out people. El Paso could use um, was it the Sun Bowl? Is that what they call it? Um, no, but that that feels not yeah, that feels not ideal for for okay. that. Honestly, Fair they enough. can build a really good soccer stadium, and also if yeah. they're going to build an academy, I mean a complex similar to Star, sure. I think they need to really look on the east side on the loop of El Paso. I think that's where they need to build a stadium. You know, I know, I know, I know. For like Socorro ISD, they have their their big football stadium out there. It's in the like over there by over there by the airport in Fort Bliss over there. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where they need. I think where they need to have that stadium at. I know, I know. Like I said, Coach Connor to put mention about there's a demand there. Um, yeah, downtown will be tough because I know me and Harry were down there for a game, and there's really, really no way they can put one down there. This is just just too cramped. The other they, one they, they can okay. always go uh, take over uh, FC Wars' stadium for whatever they need to. So good to that. I can actually see across from the from the bridge. Correct. Right <laughs> they there. just walk across. Although I don't know how that would work uh, playing in, technically in another country. But well, uh, kids kids go over there to people go over there to party all the time. Uh, go across the border, but not suggested. Not suggested. They just do it. So Jonathan Chuck found an article about Fort Worth uh, building a new uh, stadium and rumored uh, for USL championship. This is to go with the USL uh, League One possible stadium, five thousand seat being built in Corpus. Rumors, uh, you know, they're not confirmed, but rumors are uh, the bold are shopping ownership. Uh, Mr. Epstein is possibly shopping uh, his ownership rights. Uh, we'll start with you, Rafa. Your thoughts on Fort Worth, uh, you know, being a, a possible replacement for the Bold? 
I, I think that would be an ideal place, you know, especially to keep keep a an, a team for the football Tejas. I know I know FC Dallas has a kind of like a big pull down there, but you know I'm sure a lot of the Fort Worth fans, uh, some of the Arlington fans, really don't want to make that drive all the way to Frisco. You know, this will be a good alternative here for them. You know, to have plus maybe also create a little rivalry between those two teams. You know, if they play in the Open Cup, so it's uh, if Bull do sell and they move, hopefully it's you know first choice will be in Fort Worth. So. That'd be a good road trip to go up there for some games, and hopefully they do get that stadium, you know, in the near future. Your thoughts, Royce? Um, yeah, I mean that that'd be exciting for sure. Uh, another addition to uh, Copa Tejas, but um, that'd be cool. I mean, Fort Worth, with the stockyards and everything, is a really cool city to to visit. Uh, that'd be a great road trip. Um, alternatively, it would be also cool to see i know the uh, corpus sharks people were here in town for the mm-hmm. meetings and it would be cool if they're in discussion for a possible championship spot because that is a road trip i would make often that'd be awesome i wouldn't mind both of them and <laughs> no offense Correct. but uh i wouldn't mind and hey if corpus started in uh, league one and then got promoted to the championship as long as safc didn't get demoted i would uh would have no problem with it absolutely so we got to do a quick gold cup update mexico versus canada 9 p.m qatar uh us at the treehouse in austin at q2 stadium we'll start with team uh mexico rafa your thoughts on mexico so far in uh, the gold cup uh they're, they're finally starting to hit their stride now i, I know Futas mori has been really giving fits to the other teams as far as you know, oh, you mean that center back that's playing a nine because they didn't get to Tata Martino didn't bring another nine? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. yeah the one from Monterey. <laughs> okay. So he's he's doing a good like I said, he's he's been a difference maker. I think I've seen some improvement also with the Tecatito. Uh Jonah had a really good game against Honduras. You know, that was you know another little rivalry game with Coca Calf. Uh, they just took it to Honduras to that the a pretty convincing win. There's no question yeah. about it, and that's and that and that's a good sign. And that, you know, because some of the other games, especially that Trinidad game, they just didn't play well. Like I said, now now they're starting to do what they're need, supposed to be doing, and hopefully, like I said, they'll get uh, business taken care of against Canada. I know Canada is going to be down two other important players because of cards, so that could make a big difference uh, going into also this. injury. Yeah, and, and it, yeah, that Their too. strikers have been really killed. Yeah, no yeah. Alfonso Davies either. And Alfonso Davies, exactly. That's their best player, and he hasn't played pretty much in the whole cup. So hasn't played at all. Period. Yeah. Not even on the so, roster. So this yeah, will well, be, yeah. be a home game for Mexico. So they're in Houston. So they'll be a little rowdy. Not too happy about the ticket prices because <laughs> I wish I could have gone, but but I, th- I think Mexico will get go, they'll get the win and they'll go on to the final there in Las Vegas. Royce, you got Team USA. Uh, they got past a, uh, in my opinion, the toughest match in, in the quarterfinals with Jamaica. Uh, got a late winner. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, out of all of the, out of all of the um, non-winners, out of the losers in the quarter uh, quarterfinals, Jamaica was definitely the best quality side there. They look good. 
they they just didn't finish their chances and the u.s took advantage and they did and blake was blake was unbelievable mm-hmm. andre blake has been unbelievable for his entire international career i mean let's be honest with that the but, best goalies in Concacaf period yeah, uh, yeah by far and we have Kayla navas in this division so andre blake i'm still baffled that he never went to europe i think it's size because he's like 510 but he's like a jorge campos he's a great goalkeeper just because he's not six six foot plus but anyway um same thing with nick romando i never understood why he didn't go to europe because that dude is incredible he can jump higher than anyone that's six four but hey he's 510 so nobody wanted to get him anyway um yeah i mean convincing a result there's still a lot of questions around the u.s team um Defense definitely was not one of them in this match. Uh, Miles Robinson, Robinson looked, stepped up though, and, and Robinson looked very, very rocked. impressive. Yeah, no, he rocked. Uh, James Sands rocked. Uh, Kellen Acosta was probably the man of the match mm-hmm. uh, as the six. He just really set the table really well, and it just came down to who could finish. And the first wave of guys just didn't get it done. And basically, what happened was um, they put Robinson a little bit forward to help out in the, in the midfield, which allowed Shaq Moore. Um, to get up uh, on the right and also Christian Roldan because uh, Kellen Acosta and uh, Miles Robinson uh, were taking care of the defense on the right side, uh, kind of in the midfield. That's what allowed uh, Shaq Moore and Roldan to go up. And that was your difference in the game because Shaq Moore and Roldan combined for the cross that Hoppy ended up putting away to win the game. So Shaq um, Moore, I think, uh, has earned a, earned a spot on the roster based on his well, performance here. He's been this. This is the point of this Gold Cup is to see who the second string guys are, and that's what they're doing. And Shaq Morris had a he's made a very good case for himself to be the backup right back for sure. Um, so we'll see. So, winner between Qatar and the U.S. will face the winner between Mexico and Canada August 1st, uh, obviously in Las Vegas. Um, one final topic on that why the shitty pitch that you know at Jerry World last night, uh. You know, I think Rafa explained to me a little bit more on on how the ball played and through here. But with all the facilities that we have, and I'm not saying Jerry World's a bad place. It to me, it, it just did not. The ball did not play right last night. I know Rafa explained it to me, and like I said, he can go into it first here. But I'm just disappointed that with all the nice and not saying Jerry's World isn't is in a nice place. The AT and T. Was it AT, not center, AT&T? It's AT&T Stadium. AT&T yeah. Stadium. Go ahead. What's very interesting, and the thing that baffles me about this Gold Cup setup, go with me here, just just real quick. So if you're going to follow the U.S.'s path to winning this Gold Cup, um, they're going to play at the 100,000-seat Jerry World in the quarterfinals. In the semifinals, they're going to play in a 20,000-seat Q2, Q2 stadium, stadium and the final is going to be in a 40 or 50,000 seat Allegiant Arena State Allegiant Stadium or whatever it is in Las Vegas. I thought it was higher than that. Or is it not open? It's it's not even no, it's not even matching uh the Alamo Dome. That you cannot fit 60,000 people in there. Uh and uh, and I know the Alamo Dome 65. I thought Go it was higher than that. We're looking I at, think you're wrong on that. Close in the Super Bowl there. Like 60, oh, it's 65. They so, see they say 65. What what if you look at what is published? Soccer. 
if you see what they publish for football, at least I know what they publish for football is like 55. So 61, it says for soccer, 61. There you go, 61. So not even what the Alamo Dome could do. But you're going to go from 100,000 to a fifth of that to half of that. Like, is aren't don't you want your biggest? It that baffles me. I don't, I don't, I don't get why they set it up like that. NRG in Houston, which is a lot. That's hundred thousand. Yeah, that's hundred thousand. No, NRG's seventieth. Uh, it might be seventy or eighty, but it, it was supposed to be a hundred when seventy-two. I remember, I remember when they were building that thing first, but yeah, still seventy-two to where they play. Where they play? Well, seventy-two there. to twenty. That's the difference. Yeah, that's and like what are you doing? It's just baffling. I'm sorry. That's the thing that I don't get with and that US, goes on the organ. U.S. Soccer wants to do a lottery uh, to to pick its uh, it's fans. it's it's not U.S. Soccer. It's the sum, and they want to go where the money well, is. That's and, U.S. Soccer, buddy. and everybody still thinks the money's in Austin, and for the national team, it might be. But oh, it, this is gonna sell out. There's no yeah. question. But they they can name their price yeah. and Austin and and. It's gonna sell out just because it's a twenty thousand seat. It's right, exactly. It's, people are Correct. gonna want to go. Bar. It's a relatively low bar. Yes, it's that a fifth of Jerry World and then a third of Vegas for the final. Like, yeah, exactly. But that's what they want. It's a sold out. Okay, yeah, well, that's what they want to sell two yeah, tickets. Yeah, Fox, exactly. But that's a whole separate discussion. Fair, fair. But anyway, going along with it, by far the most difficult semifinal is uh, opponent between. That is facing Mexico in the U.S. This is going to be Qatar. Qatar is the Asian champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good team, and they have shown it in this tournament that they are a really good team. And they're uh, playing their A, a- B team. Um, this is their warm up to yeah. the World Cup next winter. So this right, is why the, number one that's to qualify. Yeah. yeah. So this this is for this, reasons. This is yeah. their warm up, and if you looked at the record before this, wasn't very good. But you know, just like South uh, was it South Africa. When they hosted going in, they had better results to build up along those lines. Same things that's happening. It'll be a very good match. I know Rafa's already on record. I know uh, some guy I follow from Austin that's, you know, Sergio that's, uh, you know, is uh, very pro uh, Mexico, uh, said U.S. is going to lose this match here. So I don't see it personally, but uh, it'll be close. Oh, it'll be good. US always plays close. I just see them giving them um, there's just some matchup problems. Like what I saw with the Jamaica game. You know, if there was a little stretch to the Jamaica game, they were dominating the US. Mm-hmm. And and you know, Jamaica may not have the talent like Qatar and also maybe the speed. I think because the Qatar is more I did Jamaica, notice a lot of Jamaica, Jamaica has more speed than Qatar does. Qatar has just just physical. Well, that's what just, I meant. More yeah, physical, yeah. so to speak. More physical, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I think that might come into play. Um, but you know, the if the U.S. can kind of use their experience and and just kind of you know get an early lead, I think they they can pull up pull it off and go on to the final. So, my off-topic news of the sports world. <laughs> OU, Texas to the SEC, like it, love it, hate it. How do we feel? Love it. I mean, 
it's 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 duh. about money we know what it's about duh. yeah it's, it's about money and, and, and if you even saw what happened on the phone call between ou and the heads of the big Ten, well now it's going to be the big eight or like i said they just need to change their name to the great eight but and then just call themselves the ovechkin conference but um they're either going to go 16 or they're going to go bye-bye in my opinion but they'll probably they'll i mean they'll definitely add more teams and i don't like that. i i so, I think it's anyway. 50-50. Anyway, it, it's it's the only smart thing for UT and, and OU. And honestly, the only school that looks really bad out of this is AM for how much they've whined through this whole thing. Uh, Missouri's but, right there, buddy. Th- but they voted they still voted for OU and UT to come in. This is a um, European Super League for college football. <laughs> and that's where everything, that's where everything's going. Well, that's so, a 50-50 so, pod just mentioned the Euro- yeah. European uh, Super League. If you look at this, so what's happening? What's happening right now is that now that players can make money off of this, all of these people, all these people who are just fat cats off of these leagues, are now scared that their their well is going to dry up, and that's basically what's happening because the players can make money. You're you want all these players to go there, and they're really going to try to set probably set this up as like a professional league amongst colleges to where the players can get paid, and they're going to somehow try to exploit that because they got these rich people need to rewrite the rules to where they remain on top, which is what rich people do. So that's basically what's happening. But it's 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 college sports evolving. Um, say what you will about that side. The positive side is that these kids are finally going to. These these leagues and these teams earn billions of dollars, bubba billions of dollars, and these kids are finally going to get a little bit of scratch of that off yep. their lightness and off their effort. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good thing. That's I why it's a good thing. Also helps out like players, especially here in Texas, as Texas high school football is a big thing. You know, recruiting wise for UT is just like, well, you don't have to go to Alabama to play in the SEC. Now you can stay here and play. Same thing with the Oklahoma players. So that's going to benefit them, and I know A and M is going to hate that. Yeah, that's why that's why A and M hates it is because all all A and M's pitch and all Jimbo Fisher's pitch has had to be these last few years was, do you want to play in UT and just stay in Texas and play Kansas and Kansas State? <laughs> Come with us. You play Alabama. You got all the eyes on you with all these uh, national <laughs> national games. We're going to play Clemson. We're going to play Alabama. The best teams. Uh, we're also going to play Missouri, whatever. Anyway, we're also going to play Georgia and Tennessee, who are also terrible. Uh, but now that UT and Oklahoma are going to be in that spotlight, and good God, can I inject a bitter AM in a laughing UT playing football against each other in three years in or four years in my veins right now? That's going to be amazing. I'm going to, that's going to be great. That's going to be great. Thanksgiving anyway. football. It'll, yeah, it'll correct. come back now. The question so now is: this, this this ends up happening with Alabama and Auburn moving over to the east. And yeah, then, it's going to be. So you can have four. Yeah. So now you can have a UT Alabama or 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 U Alabama final SEC championship game, which there's the money right there. Well, it's it's going to be UT Alabama or UT. Um, uh, Auburn. So let's kind of get. get and that I know right. we're talking mainly football. But gymnastics, uh, baseball, yeah. softball, everybody else is going basketball. to basketball. Yeah. It, it basically nope. it makes SEC right. 
the the conference in in all sports. I know the Pac right. Pac twelve likes to say they're they're conference of champions, and that may have been true when you look at the entire sports landscape. But the SEC is closing that gap and fast. And go with me here the 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 biggest sport, football. Sure, that's it, not really going to be the biggest sport that benefits from this. The biggest sport biggest two sports excuse me that are going to benefit from this move because if you look OU and UT combining with what the SEC has it is going to be the most amazing college baseball and college softball yep. we have ever seen because but basketball no that's ACC's basketball dude no that's but they but adding but they're solid and- they're adding solid teams in Texas solid, and Oklahoma yeah, are solid I'm, yeah they're also adding they're not solid blue bro- they're not blue they're blood like. solid, right they're they're also adding solid swim teams i'm saying the two biggest sports that are, yep. that are going to benefit are baseball OU. and softball out of this OU's OU's OU won the UT, national championship yeah. they host the national finals that's correct uh, going in ut you know it's you know i'm not a ut fan but it's baseball history is rich uh, for that here you go with vanderbilt you know who's, who has rich yeah. history as well Hell yes. Um, through there, you got what Florida thinks also State. very rich at softball, Mississippi State. Yeah. The the base the to me, Florida. I'm I'm more yeah. excited about the the side sports. Um, I know we it, don't talk about gymnastics. A, baseball's not a side sport type. Ho, 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 It's a side sport, buddy. Baseball is the sport. I, I also have track because UT has got a good track team, LSU's got a great track team. The soccer, that's gonna be interesting. The women's soccer, now you're adding two quality programs. Yeah to that SEC soccer. And Very much so. And then, you know, Big Ten now, is, well, Big 12, that's that's Big eight. really going to. Which, I guess the question is, which uh, which Texas team ends up in Conference USA that's that's going around as I, far I as see, that? It's got to be Baylor. Oklahoma State no. and, and Texas Tech going to Pac-12. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Or, or maybe Oklahoma State ends up going to the Big Ten. Um, ACC. I think Oklahoma so. State to ACC is better, uh, more. No, because that's not a real good football. and They're more football. They're not really very – ACC is very much well, a basketball. That would start the rivalry when, when kind of when Nebraska. So I think that would have Yeah, more exactly. Good. Exactly. That's I can what see I'm them thinking. going out west because Oklahoma State has that little history with Colorado, you know, from the Big Colorado's Ten. Big Ten, aren't they? Well, they're Pac-12. No, Pac-12. Are they okay? Yeah. Well, and then you also have been paying attention to the college. Stuff. You have Utah. I I see more like TCU and yeah, and, and TCU maybe going to I the Atlantic, see. to the but, but the team that's going to struggle to find a spot and in you know it kind of surprises me is Baylor, you know, with all the off field issues and then the religious aspect of it, they're the one school that may that that. You know, if there's going to be the loser um, from, you know, from the people that I follow, that may be the uh, one school that does. I was going to say counterpoint. Who cares? Okay, let's move on. Okay. They, they oh. probably ended like Notre Dame being an independent. And uh, honestly, the, the, all, Notre, the Dame's, only reason- Notre Dame's going to have to go to the ACC. It's yeah. what's going to have to happen. It's, it's written on the wall. They're just going to do it reluctantly. But um, with Bay and Baylor may have to, is probably going to have to do the same thing, honestly. They're, whoever's going to accept them in the, um, kind of the same thing with a BYU, but um, as of right now, uh, well, I mean, in the history, the only reason Baylor has, was really in the Longhorn Conference uh, was because of Governor Ann Richards. Yep. 
Because she went to Baylor and she basically drugged their ass, and that's the only reason they're really successful. So they have possibly the greatest governor of Texas history to thank for their relevance, and that may be coming crashing down now. But we'll see what else. You'll see West Virginia probably end up in the ACC where they should be at. That's a that's a no brainer though, unless unless the Big Ten expands. So we'll see. So the one interesting day is going to be Kansas and Kansas State. Kansas goes Big Ten. There's yeah, no, 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 can't, no, can't, no, uh, Kansas goes ACC with the basketball. No, yes, Mm-mm. yes, they're a basketball school. I, what I they think are a basketball happens, school. What I think happens in Kansas is they dissolve their football team, they go predominantly basketball, and they go to the ACC with the Blue Bloods, and they become themselves a Blue Blood. <sighs> That's my call. Write it down. I'm really good at guessing things. <laughs> Final thoughts. Uh, we'll end it on that because uh, you know we're already about an hour and a half. Uh, final thoughts, Royce. Um. So it's going to be the same thing. Just get get your shots. COVID's going up. I have a really happy thing, but I'm going to get the bad news out of the way first. COVID's going up, man. Um, and also uh, the rhinovirus is going around. That's what I have, and there are people dying from what I have. But it is it's just a unseasonable flu or not a flu, but a cold. It's an unseasonable cold. This is typically the cold you get like in November and December when it starts drying up and you get that crap and you just can't shake it. That's what I have right now. And it's just unseasonable because people are finally getting, getting together and my kids finally going to school. And so far we've gotten two colds since he's started school. So (laughs) we're having a real good time here. Um, But COVID's going up again. Even if you're vaccinated, wear your masks, just protect yourself. It's not just true protecting yourself. You're protecting your family. You're protecting your friends. You're protecting your loved ones and you're protecting everybody else when you get your shot and you wear a mask. So please do both. If you can't do at least one of those things, uh, just to help everybody out. But the most, but the good news and a very happy announcement, uh, congratulations to Cam Lindley on uh, getting uh, engaged over the weekend. That's, that's great news. And we're happy for you, man. And Michael LaHood. Yes, yeah, Michael and, yeah, as that's well. right. Mike also announced congratulations, even though he, he went hiking. We still support and, him. Yeah, he's San Antonio FC through and through. That's fine. Yes, he's Austin FC's announcer, but we love you, Mike. Congratulations. We love you, Cam. Congratulations. He's got to get paid, right? And your uh, fiancés. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the thing is I know some people that are working in a, in a media capacity for Austin FC uh, and also in a professional capacity for Austin FC. That's their livelihood. Make your money, man. I'm not, no one should be mad at you for that. Nope. That's you making your money. That's you living your life. You got that opportunity because uh, you put yourself in that opportunity. Awesome. That's great. So exactly. But congratulations, Cam. Congratulations, Mike. Your final thoughts there, uh, Mr. Clean Shave and Rafa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, final thought. Feels good to have some, some, some sunlight. <laughs> Weird, right? It feels a little lighter now, it's a little cooler, but you don't uh, get all those leftovers though in your beard, though. That's kind of the only thing. But, uh, just final thought like I said, like Royce mentioned, you know, go out and get your vaccine. You know, we, we don't want to go back to what we, we had back earlier in the year, and you know, we're doing, we're doing such a good job, and now we're kind of retracting that. So, don't let up, just keep you know, to get your vaccine take care of. Um, and then just look forward for this, you know, this week's games, you know, uh, get out there. There's no excuse unless you have you have a really bad cold. Yeah. You know, you know, let's fill up, let's fill up the stands because 
this is another important game and we want to show, you know, that our, our players that, Hey, we're out here to support you guys. And no matter what, you know, you know, conference game or friendly, you know, we need to be out there and we, you know, we want to get those three points. And then hopefully we can get also a caravan of, of fans up there to go to Austin and ruin their party and bring those three points back that we lost back in July. That'd be great. So my final thoughts is number one, I want to say thank you to Jenica and um, James Hope uh, for going up and with me and helping support the Athenians um, as well as there was a bunch of other uh, Athenians that uh, you know, family members and supporters that came through. But I know uh, from SAFC fans that they were the ones that came up on Friday night, which was a, a tough due to get, uh, get up there for the two and a half hour drive. Uh, so thank you to Jenica and James Hope for you know for coming out and supporting the Athenians. Number two, uh, the Crocketeers have posted, uh, if you go under promo code 2021 bold, you can get general administration uh, tickets. Admission. Uh, general admission. Yeah. General admission uh, tickets, um, which is basically the south side and the east side stands uh, for the bold for $10 uh, for that here. Um, so if you can, if you have the ability to go to was it Elroy? I think is what it is. Uh, where where the Bold Stadium is out yeah, in Elroy, Elroy Texas, where Circuit of the Americas is. Circuit of the Americas is, or you know, for Austin next to the airport. Uh, you know, go out and support San Antonio FC against the against the Bold. It'll be a good match. It'll be an entertaining match. It's in. It, it's always a fun drive. If you can pack a couple of people in your car, please do. Uh, save on the gas uh, for it here. Bold fans, even though there's a few of them, they are pretty good and, and very friendly as well. Uh, and just to kind of echo Royce, and, and I know the news today, you know, if you work for the VA, it's now, uh, you know, or I think anything in the government, uh, you're now going to be required to get the vaccine in New York City, uh, state of California. Um, federal government says it's not illegal to require people to get the, the vaccine. I'm going in the office on Wednesday for the first time in a Good year Lord. and three months. Okay. So just please, everybody, get the vaccine. Um, and, you know, it's just I did my real, first presentation on Wednesday. So I don't know. Just real quick one more group of people that getting your vaccine and wearing your mask helps out are the medical professionals, yes. the people who we have really lifted up high. Let's show them that we respect the work that they do, the doctors and nurses, all of the medical professionals. I know a lot of them are going through it right now because they've gone through two or three waves and there's another wave and they're seeing a lot of death right now. I know a lot of medical professionals that I have talked to personally that straight up are thinking about quitting and going into another line of work. So even if there is another wave of slightly less people, there's going to be nobody to take care of you when you're in the hospital and on your deathbed. So think about that. Um, just get your, get your vaccine and, and wear a mask and be careful for everybody else. And, you know, let's help out the medical professionals by doing that because it's, they have, they've been heroic these last year and a half. Um, mm -hmm. Let's show them that we appreciate that for sure. Same as the HEB workers and all the, yeah. the service-related individuals as well. 100%. Uh, Robert Rankin also mentioned free soccer ball uh, for the first thousand people, and uh, so at the bold match. The if bold you match. want, yeah, at the bold match. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure San Antonio FC is giving stuff away. Um, it is two dollar hot dog and dollar beer on Wednesday. And if you can, please get a bunker ticket. 
Yeah, because unfortunately that still hasn't been resolved. If you want to go down, get a bunker ticket, that way you can get in um, along those lines uh, for that here. But uh, thank you, everybody, for turning in. Um, I know it was a long one, but I think we covered quite a bit uh, with three matches that we discussed, uh, you know, with the Athenians um, and then all the news and notes from USL. So do want to appreciate everybody turning in um, that can't, you know, watch live, um, that will watch on the podcast. Thank you. Uh, any feedback that you guys have, please let us know. Uh, you know, we're always open for it. Um, but thank you for tuning in and what's life without goals. We out. Thanks, guys.